previously on Wild Endeavors. After escaping the cult of the blind god, the companions again confronted Leandros over his plan to turn Than into a death knight. This time, the bleeding and weakened Leandros conceded, and Hans destroyed the book with the dark incantations. Upon arriving in Havenwood, they found the city to be less than helpful, at least on the surface. Fear of the Carsaros runs deep here as well, but the companions managed to make contact with a person who allegedly escaped the Carsaro dungeon and would be willing to share their knowledge if the group meets a couple of conditions. They need only clear out an old chapel and gain the blessing of the Harmony. This is the Shadows Campaign, featuring Devin Salisbury as the human gunslinger Quintus Arias. I'll probably rack around in the chamber and just say, hello, friend. Adam Rogers as the human fighter Hans Greger. This is evil, pure evil. Evan Chamberlain as the elven wizard Leandros Lubricar. It's just a term, it's not as bad as it sounds. And though she is hale and healthy, we were unfortunately again without Amy Jostino for this session, which means I will be reprising the fill-in role of the tiefling thief Calico Bane. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to hang out. And I'm your DM, Thomas Marsetti. And now, Chapter 20, The Gloaming Chapel. Shark and Silvermane walks around the large circular table, the soft leather of his boots making almost no sound as he sidesteps bodies and pools of blood. He stops periodically to look at the corpses. Even slumped lifeless on the floor, the members of the clasp and the silence still seem locked in combat. At one point around the table, several bodies apparently fell atop each other a pile too large for Sharkin's halfling legs to traverse without clambering over them. So he pulls a chair from the table and uses it to climb onto the shiny black and white tabletop that served as the meeting place for the clasp's leadership. He walks a few steps along the edge of the table and then hops back down to the floor, adjusts his bright pink vest, and then makes sure his white silk shirt is still blood-free. A few more steps and he crouches near one of the bodies. A pained expression crosses his face as he reaches out and takes a brooch from the corpse. Logically, he knew it wasn't likely the case, but he couldn't help thinking that this attack happened at the same time he was descending on the Silence's safe house in Arthmore. He couldn't shake the feeling that somehow while he was taking out the last of the Silence in that city, the Silence were half a continent away, killing the entire leadership of the clasp. He had gone for a gut punch, while the silence went for the head. An elf appears at one of the room's four doors. Their gossamer clothing, the height of fashion in Barathus, seems somehow garish amid all the carnage. Whether it is out of reverence for the dead, or concern over upsetting Sharkin, the elf's voice is quiet. Sharkin? The halfling stands. I'm here. And climbs upon the table so the elf won't have to struggle to see him from the door. We've received a message from Calico. Sharkin runs a hand through his silver hair and nods for her to continue. She has found the master and the last of the silence. Where? That's complicated. Very well. She also says that Theron Nilo is dead. Sharkin looks down at the brooch in his hand. Good. Good. I knew she wouldn't let me down. Though now... Well, he would have been handy to have around at a time like this. Did she say anything of Kara, Nilo? No. No mention. Good. Good? Sharkin raises the brooch to his left breast and attaches it, revealing the four hooks. For the clasp, it is a symbol of war. It is a symbol that Sharkin will guide their blades in the dark. Didn't I tell you? His trademark grin slowly returns to his face the normal, mischievous jolliness of it rendered frightening by the carnage around him. I'm going to be the one who kills her. 
Later that night, a fire breaks out in a large, abandoned warehouse in the eastern part of the docks district of Barathus. Though little of value is damaged, the flames are tall and wild. It attracts the attention of the guards and those arcane users in the area who wield their magic to help put out the fire. And so very few people notice when a building just a couple blocks away burns quietly and furiously to the ground, taking with it any sign that the clasp were ever in Barathus. Back in their room in the Fluffy Architect, Hans and Quintus share what they learned from Zebulon with Calico and Leandros. I think I just say, and we're going to the chapel now. Not like really giving him an option. Okay. And not really even asking him to go, but <laughs> just saying that that's where we're going to go. Fine. I'm, I'm not going to argue. I, I have no moral compass. <laughs> I think to argue. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a broken man, Hans. Very. I'm broken. Clearly. Once you die, I'll make a death knight of you anyway. That's fine. I'll be dead. I won't care. I'm or will I be dead? If your death comes at the hand of me, I'll make sure. Alright, sorry to break up this awkward tension between you two, <laughs> but maybe we should, you know, like, you know, do what we're supposed to do. How far away was the chapel from uh, where we're at right now? It'd be about, about half a day's walk west of the city. I ask um, Quintus and Calico, like, if they're if they're ready to go. Again, I don't really address the Andros. Okay. So, you guys have decided to set out for the chapel. Did you want to do anything before you left? I think last time you guys mentioned wanting to shop. I don't know if you had a chance to look at the shopping list. I looked at the list, and the one thing I want is expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, the economy here is fairly pricey, because they don't, like, don't get anything from the outside world. Um, it's basically, like, what's within the valley so it definitely is a little more expensive if there is a chance for somebody like to, if there's anybody like a shopkeeper who can identify items to see if there's any magical properties in them I would sure. like to see them yeah Leandros could also do that um, yeah but I don't like him and I feel like he would lie to me about whatever I gave him so okay yeah what no do offense. you want identified um I just have a scarf with, with which had some weird baby in it from a murder house Oh, yes, the murder house scarf. Yeah, yeah, so you find a gentleman at the, the arcane shop. Uh, his name is Stephen Brewer, and he says he, he'd be happy to identify it for ten gold. Mm, done. He takes your gold, takes the scarf, and kind of lays it out on the counter, and then kind of uh, just hovers his hands over it and kind of mutters a you know an incantation. And then, like, he kind of furrows his brow a little bit and then looks up at you and, like, mutters the incantation again and then, like, looks at you again and says, it's not magical. Well, shit. So that, did, is there any reason you thought it was? Yeah, it was doing some things that it shouldn't normally have been doing. It's very hard to explain. He offers to give you five gold back because it wasn't actually magic. That's very kind of you. I'll take that. Thanks. I'll, I'll be on my way now. Sorry to bother you. No, I'm happy to do it. I'll return to the group. I want to buy a, a few potions. Okay. Uh, I want to buy the uh, the burnt other fumes. So the the author fumes. Are, all right. So it's a poison when inhaled it causes bleeding eyes and they take damage basically until it clears the system. I also want to get malice. Malice is another inhaled poison. Causes anyone to inhale it to be blinded and poisoned for one hour. Okay, I also want to get Midnight Tears as well, and that'll be it. So that is that has to be ingested. So that's, you have to put it in their food or drink. Okay. Um, but if you do, nothing really happens until the stroke of midnight, and at the stroke of midnight, they die. Works for me. I was thinking about getting a spear. Like, I pictured myself, like, throwing the spear mm-hmm. at somebody into the fight and then running and attacking. Yeah, I mean, that, that certainly would be an option. That'd be a thing you could do. Can I buy a spear for 30 gold? Yeah, I think you could get a spear for uh, 7. Is 7 gold? Yeah. Oh. Well, what if it's, like, all metal and not, like, wood? Mm, 12. Okay. 
because I want it to be sweet. So I want it to be something I can polish. Okay. If you're thinking like specifically for throwing it, uh, probably more like a javelin, which would be all you know, would be mostly yeah. metal, and that'd give you more polishing surface. <laughs> so if it's a javelin, I'll give you it for for ten gold. Oh, okay. Well, I'm at five ninety five now. So. <laughs> so you make your way out of Havenwood to the west. Again, traveling through this. Even during what should be daylight, it's dark, completely, like, you know, lightless. There's no stars. There's no moon. So this is, you know, during the day, you're heading out across the the fields. So about midday, you come to the edge of a small village. It's very similar to Charwood, which is that first village you came to. Somewhat small, like, almost like a bucolic-type setting, but the houses are very, like, old-style. I was thinking very, like, a southern gothic-type style of houses. The big difference is, like, everything that you've kind of seen in Saramore, it, like, looks kind of old, but only, like, in the style sense. Like, everything is still pretty well kept. This place is not that. It's it's very clearly abandoned. The windows are broken, you know, walls, uh, little huts are, like, starting to kind of buckle. There's some roofs that are caved in. This This place has been abandoned and been abandoned for quite a while. Near the center of town, near the town square, you find an old chapel, uh, basically rising up. It's the tallest building in the little village. Looks like it's too... Around it is a large fence that fences in a graveyard that lines the path leading up to the chapel. I'm picturing you guys like coming into the, the center of town. Town square is like a 200-foot circle or so about probably one point um, had very nice cobblestones running around like a maypole and a small like grass area but most of that's like overgrown there's you know a vine coming up creeping up the maypole i look at leandros and i tell him to stay out of the graveyard i just look back at him i kind of want to i just want to keep like my head on a swivel and like make sure see if i see any signs of movement like in like the outer side, anywhere coming around us. Like I feel like I'm like re- like really scoping, like how he said head on a swivel, but I'm like scoping the landscape to see if there's anything that looks like maybe it's not completely abandoned, like somebody has been here. But okay, since that's a little bit more specific than just kind of keeping an eye out, like if you're looking for those signs specifically, let's do a discern reality roll for that. Four. That is a failure. So mark experience. For the most part, you don't see any obvious signs of um, any kind of activity or any kind of life in this area, which is kind of weird, you know, because it's this little village is kind of out in the middle of a field. Like there's a, there's some trees near the outer edge of town, but like it's basically like out in the middle of the wilderness now. And without any people here, you'd expect even like maybe some animals to come, but there are no signs of that even. But on a failure, I do get to make a hard move which usually means something bad for you, not necessarily something that is immediately obvious. All right. Well, I mean, I kind of want to look at Quintus and say, well, there's the chapel. Let's uh, let's see what, what it is we have to do. I've grown to trust him, so like, I'll listen to what he has to say, you know. Moving forward, I just want to keep an ear out, too. Like, I have to, like, stop and just kind of see if I hear any, like, small footstep or... So it sounds like you are doing a little bit more than just kind of, like, walking around, so why don't you do a discern realities as well? Okay. Seven. So that's a partial success. So you do get a plus one forward, basically on acting on any of this information. You do also get to ask one question from the list. I, I want to say what happened here recently, but I also want to say what here is not what it appears to be. Those are good questions. Which one do you want? Let me do what here is not what it appears to be. So I think as you are looking around and kind of taking a couple like extra steps out of the way, like so you're trying to get a, you know different angles on things, you're not just kind of you know straight lining to the chapel. You notice on the side of the chapel near the back, it looks like just the the edge of like an addition peeking out of the back, which looks much newer. It still looks pretty rundown, but it's newer than the rest of the chapel. And if you kind of move around the fence in that direction a little bit, you're able to get a look. Someone has built basically like a, a loading dock onto the back of the chapel and carved uh, an extra doorway back there that's you know lifted up off the ground um, very clearly this door is meant to like open and allow somebody to load right from the chapel onto a wagon um, which is not usually what you'd expect from a chapel yeah exactly I'll kind of like signal to the rest of the group and kind of point it out to them and 
but like in a whispered tone, be like, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right, guys. Uh, that's, that, that's a newer addition. Do you guys want to try to proceed through there, or? Are there any windows? Yes. That are, that like are at our height, maybe? Yeah, if you approach up, like, up to the, the chapel, you can look into the windows again. Most of them are broken, so even though the glass is very dirty, you're able to see in there. There's two rows of pews, probably about, like, 20 or so, that go down, like, the center of the main room. You know, an aisle in the middle, aisle on, on either side of them. Some of these are broken, some of them are overturned. There's very few that look like they are in their original positions. There's a lot of other, like, like debris in there, like things that, it looks like things that were brought into that room. Like there's just a lot more piles of clothing or dirt or um, extra pieces of wood that don't really seem like they they belong in there. It just looks like, you know, some things have been gathered. At the far end of the room is the, the lectern, which, or where the lectern should be, the lectern is, is you know, toppled, but just like um, an out of place, like, like the pews. And there's a door, what would be like just behind where the lectern is, that leads back deeper into the chapel. And there are not windows into that section, but it looks like it probably leads into a room or a room near where, like, that loading dock door would enter to. All right. I'm going to be, like, behind Quintus this whole time, just kind of, like, following behind him. And as uh, we're walking along, I'll just kind of, like, bump my hands together and cast two, like, arcane symbols in my hands, just, like, preparing, like, my arcane shield. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Um, I would not let him be behind me. (laughs) Fair enough. So maybe, yeah, so maybe you're behind Calico, um, and Quintus is behind you. All right, well, I mean, we've looked in the windows, we don't see anything. I feel like we should maybe check out that odd entryway and see what happens. I feel pretty confident that we can defend ourselves. Let's go. And I'll lead the way. I'm going to stay back, but keep it, like, close enough to the group to where if I need to, like, rush in and help. I just want to keep an eye out in case anything's approaching from a distance. So it sounds like then Hans is kind of approaching the, the loading dock door. Calico would be kind of probably, you know, up with you on the side. Quintus is back a little ways, um, kind of keep an eye on the area around. Uh, Leandros, how are you, like, setting up? I guess behind Calico, because she's the only one that lets me do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So Hans, these doors, they're a little bit in disrepair, but they still look fairly sturdy. <laughs> do they appear to be locked? They are closed, and they mm-hmm. like they have stayed closed, which a lot of the other doors on, on buildings around the village are have like either fallen in or have like swung open. So, but these are these appear to be pretty securely closed. Is it like a turn knob, or like a, you just pull on a handle? You don't see a handle. Okay. It looks like it was meant to be open from the inside. Inside. From the outside. I will like lightly push on them a little bit to see if they would open inward, which is probably not going to happen. But then I might get my javelin out and try to wedge it between them and pry it open. All right. That sounds like a bend bars lift gates to me. So go ahead and roll plus strength. Yep, yep. It's a seven, so I get to choose two of the things. Yes. I'm going to pick it doesn't make an inordinate amount of noise. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take very long. Okay. You wedge your, your javelin in there. You can bend the door just, like, just enough to, like, kind of get it in and under to a point where, like, you can actually start to kind of le- lever it open. And you give it one good push, and the, you, there's a loud crack. And the doors both swing open, um, and kind of that, that timber that was holding them closed just snaps, and, like, you know, pieces of it go flying. Also flying in the air as the door flies open, are four humanoid shapes, and they are jumping out of the loading dock at all of you, actually. Um, like attacking, obviously, right? Yes. It almost seems like something that happened recently alerted them to your presence out here, and they were waiting for you. They're like so, zombies, aren't they? Like walking dead, isn't it? You would all recognize they look very similar to gnolls. That is the hyena-like type faces and humanoid limbs. The the difference is, though, and you, you notice even as they're flying at you, these are much larger than gnolls usually are. They appear to be much more muscular. Their mouths are full of these razor-sharp-looking gray teeth that look like they're too long to fit into their mouths. But it's hard to tell because they're open and snarling at you. 
Also, the claws on their fingers are likewise too long for them and are a strange, like, gray color. All their skin and fur are, are various shades of gray. And so, because of Quintus's first shot ability, he is going to be the first to react as these gnolls come leaping out at the group. What would you like to do? Are they, like, close to pretty much everybody? It's going to be, like, a split second before one of them hits Hans, and it's hard to tell exactly how far they can jump, given that you are, like, this is happening so fast and you're just... But right, right. it's not a big jump to where Calico and Leandros are. I'll just take a shot at the closest one to me. Is my plus one going forward from the discern realities? Does it apply to this? Yeah, I'd give it to you for this. Because, you, again, you've been, you were, like, on the lookout. Okay. Eleven. It's a good hit. You have a clear shot, and you deal your damage. Um, are these, th- are this, are these evil or undead? This is or your sacred bullets. Yeah. Yeah. See, so they, they, it, your bullet does more damage to them. Ten damage. Um, tell me, like, where you hit it. Like in the in the rush of the moment, it, it probably wouldn't have been a headshot, just from how quick everything happened. But it probably definitely be like a center chest. So yeah, your 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 bullet like just rips through his stomach and, and there's a good size like hole there. You know, some of its intestines and, and blood starts kind of like splattering out. And because it is leaping, that splatter is basically all over Hans, uh, Calico, and Leandros. Ah. Calico is gonna throw a knife at the one jumping at her. She lands a, a dagger, like, into the shoulder of the one that's leaping at her. And then, because they were waiting for you, because they heard you guys kind of, like, shuffling around outside, as they are landing, they begin kind of, like, clawing and, and biting at you. The one lands hard on Calico and kind of, like, knocks her to the ground. Those two are going to be kind of just dealing with each other for a little bit while you three do your thing. Hans, tell me what you're doing as it jumps on you. Well, I kind of feel like I'm already a little bit prepared because I'm holding a spear out from prying already. So if it's leaping at me, I feel like my reaction would be to, like, dab toward okay. it with the spear, which I probably would have been holding with two hands trying to yes. pry it. Yeah. So. Okay, so roll a Defy Danger plus Strength. Uh, 11. That is that is good. Okay, so actually go ahead and roll an attack uh, as well. So uh, a hack and slash. Uh, 10. It's a good hit. Roll your damage. So 15. Okay, yeah, so this thing comes jumping at you, and you're able to bring the, the javelin around just in time and kind of, like, thrust up right into it. You can kind of feel it catching in the thing's rib cage, which kind of keeps it just a little bit out of reach of you. It wasn't expecting to be stopped, like, mid-jump like that. And this thing is in real bad shape after a hit like that. Um, so this big knoll shape now is kind of descending on you, Leandros. What like what exactly do you want to do? And I'm going to cast sleep. Okay. First, roll plus intelligence as like a defy danger. This is like your, your quick thinking. Thirteen. Okay. Yeah. You see this thing jumping as like just one of your, your first thoughts is like to put it to sleep. Once you're able to cast it, go ahead and roll to cast. Nine? I'm sorry. No, eleven. I'm sorry. That's a good cast, so roll to see how many you put to sleep. I just rolled a two. Um, how many other enemies were around it? As this is happening, there's the one leaping on you. There's one that's about to land on Calico. There's one getting skewered by Hans. And then there's one that is probably going like, to land and, and go after Quintus. I'm going to do that one. Yeah, so the the bullet like rips into this thing, and then you pop up with your um, those arcane you know, runes flashing. Um, the thing uh, immediately kind of like falls asleep and just continues on its arc and it does land on top of you and knocks you to the ground, Leandros. And then the one that kind of landing like just beside it was going to like move to go on to Quintus, like lands and then just like collapses, uh, laying on the ground asleep. I'm going to say that they do both stay asleep even though they both just like impacted not gracefully. So those two are asleep. I immediately want to load a chamber pointed at its head on the ground and blow its head off. It definitely cannot stop you. And Hans, you've got this thing. For the moment, you're still like kind of holding it up on the javelin, and it's kind of being, like trying to claw at you. What do you want to do? I want to like drive it into the door, into like 
So it's kind of like, <laughs> so it's like hanging, dangling off with the spear coming out of it. I might just be like rushing forward with it, like going, and just like putting it in. Yeah. Go ahead and roll plus your strength modifier. Twelve. Okay. You are able to get the thing up a little bit and even angle it and just kind of ram it into the, the door. And so it is pinned there just kind of helpless and in real bad shape. There is one asleep on Leandros, and Calico is kind of tussling with hers. So, Leandros, you've got a sleeping several hundred pound knoll on top of you. Well, so he's probably struggling under the weight of it, because he's also not very strong. So he's struggling under the weight of this thing. I'll run up to the one on Leandros, and I'll try to, like, like use the barrel to kind of roll it over. And as soon as it's off of Leandros, I'll do the same like I did the previous one. I'm going to shoot it right in the head. Point okay. Point. With your help, he's able to kind of push the thing off of him. As that happens, the thing kind of begins to, to wake up. And I think you just kind of, like, put the, the barrel, like, right in its mouth and blow the back of its head out. I'm going to leave the one that I pinned and then rush toward the one that's fighting Calico. If I can get, like, a clean shot on it, I mean, like, can I, like, stab through it? You can try. Go ahead and roll hack and slash. Thirteen? Yeah. Yeah, you hit that thing hard. Sixteen damage. Dang, son. That will kill it. So what does that look like? So I just kind of, like, ran and stabbed in, and I feel like I kind of quickly pulled it back out and probably just fell to the ground. I'd, I'd like to imagine that it, like, let out, like, a scream. Sure. This time as you thrust into the knoll, you feel that resistance as the the spearhead, like, hits in between a rib and sticks. But then there's a popping sound as something either shifts or breaks in the thing. And the ribs open just enough for you to continue to thrust almost all the way through this thing. It lets out a scream that's somewhere between that strange hyena, like, barking laugh and the howling of a wolf. And it collapses lifeless and bleeding on top of Calico. I'd like to, uh, I want to turn around and kind of like see like if there's any more coming at us. And then also like as Leandros gets up, I'll just kind of like glare at him. So give him like a subtle like head nod, like. I did the same thing. So that just leaves the, the one that is pinned to the side of the church. There does not seem to be another activity in the area at the moment. Um, but this thing is starting to, trying to like claw its way up the javelin. Like to kind of like pull itself off the end. To, to make a shot at it, or if you want to shoot it, it's like it's pinned in place, like you don't have. To. Well, then I'll do that then. Okay, you're gonna kill it. So how do you wanna? <laughs> just kind of like in the chin, like upward, and then just like splatter all over the back of the door that's pinned to her wall. Okay. As the explosive retort from your gun rolls across the starless sky. The knoll's head disappears into a geyser of blood that rushes up along the wall of the church and falls slowly, almost gently, as a red mist that settles over all four of you. I'll look at the rest of the room and be like, uh, yeah, one of the job hazards. You need to take a lot of baths, do a lot of laundry. (laughs) Um, I'm going to cast presentation on all of us. You're welcome. Thanks. I want to go up and examine one of the dead bodies. Okay. Is there anything that you're looking for specifically, or...? I'm just trying to see if they were undead or anything. Go ahead and roll discern realities. Yeah, that's probably not going to pass. Yeah, it's a a three. No, no, not so much. Okay. Well, tell me what you were... You just wanted to see if, like, it was undead, or...? Yeah, I just wanted to see if it was undead. I think that you you can tell it was not... Again, like they look like pretty typical gnolls, except that they are larger um, and more muscled. Go ahead and do a spout lore for me as well. Spout lore? See how much you, yeah, see how much you know about gnolls. Um, and that's an intelligence? Yes. Nine. Okay, so on a nine, I will tell you something interesting. It's up to you to make it useful. So you know that gnolls are... Uh, essentially are created by some type of demonic energy. And it seems like there might have been a little bit extra demonic energy in these ones, or in, like, used in the creation of these ones. Interesting. Do you guys mind if I try something? Would you get angry if I tried something with these guys? What are you going to do? 
I, I want to see if I can pull any information out of them. That's fine. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna stand over one of the dead ones and I'm gonna pull out my my spell book. It's my, it's my regular spell book, and I'm gonna attempt to cast animate dead on one of these. I just want to see if I can pull any information out from once it's animated. Mm-hmm. I want to watch him very carefully, but as he does it, kind of thing. Go ahead and roll the cast. Uh, Eleven. That's a good cast. Um, animate dead. So you invoke a hungry spirit to possess a recently dead body and serve you. This creates a zombie that follows your orders to the best of its limited abilities. So animate dead is really not like a talk to sort of thing. It's more like it it makes a zombie that will serve you. I so. still want to do it though. Okay, I'm just making sure. Uh, so roll a d4. Three. Um, well, so you get three of of the following. It's talented. Give it one stat, a plus two modifier. It's durable. It has two extra hit points for each level you have. It has a functioning brain and complete complex tasks, or it does not appear obviously dead, um, at least for a day or two. I will take the first one, strength. Uh, I'll take the third one as well. Okay, it has a functioning brain. It can complete complex tasks. I'll take the second one also. Okay, extra hit points. So the null body begins to shake as like the arcane as your arcane energy kind of begins to infuse it. And it begins like shuddering very violently on the ground and then it stops and the thing opens its eyes, but the eyes have kind of like already rolled up into its head and then sits up and then stands up um, and just kind of stands next to you looking at you like expectantly. What master do you serve? It looks at you and begins to drool. Hmm. Not very smart, I see. Where did you come from? It drools a little bit more. Can you fight? It raises up its claws. What do you think? Should we keep them? Hans just, like, stabs it. Can I do that? You can. Or, I don't know, can I Can I do, like, a try and cut the head off thing? It's not trying to fight you. It's just standing there, like, looking at yeah. Leandro, so you can just lop its head off. Yeah, I lop um, its head off. Do, and the thing just kind of collapses to the ground. Why can't I ever have anything nice? Is this what you intended to do with your so-called friend? No, no. I don't believe you. I don't believe you, but the thing wasn't human or a being of any sort other than, a, from what we saw, a monster. So if you had intended to keep it, it wouldn't have paid no mind to me, but just don't do it to, to people. No, 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 no. Um, like I said, though, it doesn't pay any mind to me if it's some needless monstrous thing that you can keep under your control. But Hans, are you okay with that? It's already dead, isn't it? I just killed it. I can... There's three other ones here. We clearly handled ourselves pretty well without them, so I mean... Alright, that's fine. The second that we maybe deem it a a necessary thing, then I don't see any harm in it. There's also only one other one that still has a head. Yeah, I kind of went on a head-shooting rampage, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was very impressive, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, another day, another job. <laughs> I'm not going to do it again, it's fine. Okay, so the the doors to this loading bay are now open, and you can see they lead into uh, a room. It looks like it runs basically like the entire back of the chapel. It seems like at one point it was kind of like the room you would expect for like you're preparing for services. There was like maybe like a maybe like there would be like a cot like where the the, the holy person of the the chapels um, slept, and kind of uh, you know like a bureau that would have their clothes and things like that. Most of that has been pushed to the side. There is a number of like shelves that have been built into the walls. It looked like they at one point it contained a variety of jars and other like glassware. Almost all of them have been broken. There is a thick uh, like a workbench um, style table uh, that has like some still has some like rusted tools hanging along the sides, like uh, mostly like saws and uh, cleavers. Then at the far side of the room, so if you're looking in, like all the way to the left of the room, it looks like there's a large trap door, probably about 
ten feet tall and like five feet wide in the floor. And basically, like at either ends of the trapdoor, there's a there's a series of pulley mechanism. Looks like like to raise or lower a platform. And then there's the door that would lead into the the, the chapel proper. Is this a uh, panel like it goes down? Um, it looks like it probably would. Yes. I don't know. What do you guys think? Check it out. Yeah. I mean, what, our job here was to what clear it out, clear the place. Mm-hmm. The pulleys are the pulleys and like the gears and like the the mechanical parts are are pretty rusted. Like they're not moving, and the platform that that the pulleys are like connected to it seems pretty sturdy, particularly with the those pulleys like locked in place like they are. Can I kind of look around uh, the area, go up to like where the little platform is, where a speaker would be, or something like that? You, you were talking about. Yes. Um, yeah. If you so if you go through the door speaker. into kind of the the, the chapel proper, oh, again, okay. there's quiet about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what's over there. Um, there doesn't seem to be like a, you you walk into the the chapel and there doesn't um, there's no obvious activity or movement. There's a lot of again like a lot of debris, and a lot of the pews kind of strewn about. Some of them are, are broken up. It looks like at one point some like you can kind of see now that there at some point it looks like some something had been sleeping in there. Um, there's like kind of like almost like little like nests of like skins and you know, fabrics and even some wood and things like that. Like, it, not the kind of sleeping arrangements you'd expect for, like, a person. Gotcha. As I'm making my way, like, to look around there, see if there's any sort of, like, something to help in the situation, uh, is there any, like, symbols of, like, what this, what they worshipped at all here? Or would I recognize it? There is a conspicuous lack of symbols and icons in this room. In fact, you can see many places on the walls where it looks like something had been hanging and had been, in some cases, very violently torn off. So it was, like, cleared out or something? Yeah, there's, um, it looks like there's there's really nothing of value in this room other than, like, the lectern and the pews. It looks like everything else that you would kind of expect, even, like, like there's not even, like, torch brackets left on the walls. And kind of, like, metal is, is noticeably absent in this room. Interesting. I don't know, what do you guys think? Uh, I, I defer to your judgment. Well, we need to probably figure out how to lower this thing down, right? As you've been looking around the the, the chapel proper, um, Calico's been kind of like trying to fiddle with the pulley and like winch mechanism, and she said it's basically it's basically junked. There doesn't seem to be a good way to like to use it and lower the this platform. We just kind of have to get it out of the way, or something. Does it, the, the pulley and stuff like that, does it seem to be locked into position, like, that's pulling on a weight? To where, like, if we were to, like, take the weight off, would it, like, just drop to the ground, like, uh, to the lower part? Um, do, uh, discern realities. Ten. Okay, so you get three of the questions. I think you can do, like, a, what is about to happen, as yeah. a, kind of like a variant of what you were asking, like, from what you can tell and like what you can discern from the way this works, it looks like, and so it's really just kind of like the pulleys and these winches and some of the, the ropes that raise and lower this platform. And so the way it, it is kind of like rusted into place, it has it rusted with the platform all the way up. So if you destroyed the mechanism and kind of like freed the ropes, the thing will probably just like fall. Cool. You do have two other questions if you want them. I'd say who's really in control here, if that's even a thing. I think all that you can tell in terms of control here is that you would expect there to be more gnolls. Um, they typically cool. um, are in good-sized packs. And given that, like, most of the human accesses to this place appear to have not been used for a while, um, it seems like gnolls would be the ones that kind of have taken over, which could mean that there are a significant number of them. So the group being on the lookout for more of them. So he uh, said clear the chapel. He didn't say, like, he needed the chapel still, right? What do you think? made it sound like he wanted it still standing. Uh, okay. Now, I don't want to talk you out of anything, and certainly if Hans is really eager to burn the place down, I mean, you do what you got to do. Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, just open the thing and throw a bunch of shit on fire down the hole. Throw a flare-killing fireball in there. <laughs> and do you want a third question? What here is not what it appears to be. 
it definitely seems like this, you know, the, the loading dock door, um, some of the additions to this room, like there was something going on underneath the chapel that they needed to like load up out of this thing to get it onto wagons, either in or out of the chapel. Uh, so there was something probably not your typical like holy ceremony going on okay. here. All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's I, I'd say we can either get to work on working together to take this like lever rope pulley system out. So we think from what you just figured out that that's the only way to get like these basement doors open. All right. So maybe if, if we're okay with it, Hans might just go up and like sever the ropes with the sword. Let the platform drop and then we'll see. I'm Leandros, I'm assuming, or somebody can shine some light down there. Yeah, I can shine light down there if you need me to. So, we're good with that. Thanks, Hans. So, I, I think I try to sever the ropes with a slash of my sword. Okay. So, you step up to the trapdoor, and from this angle, it's a bit more like a golf swing with your sword rather than like a you know, like a full like lateral or vertical uh, slicing. It is pretty thick rope, so you do give it a, uh, a little bit of a wind-up. And as you swing through, there's just a little... As you nick the pulley, but sever that rope. You step over to the next one. Again, another golf-type swing. And another... As you hit the pulley. This time, however, as the rope severs, that whole side of the platform seems to give way. On the other side, the weight of the door cracks the rusting pulleys, so the door swings as if on a hinge and slams against the wall beneath it. Looking down, this shaft goes down about ten feet, um, and you can see down there, like, into this, it's all stonework, um, very, it actually looks nicer than a lot of the other buildings like in the the village but it says it says like a stone line shaft leading to like a stone floor and there um it looks like it opens up to like a stairway down what would be like toward the the front of the chapel can i take like a moment to like fashion together for materials like a, a decent torch yeah you can make a torch i can um, just cast light or something yeah i'll say your wizard could also just yeah. cast light well all right leandros i took the time to make this torch just cast light on it <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jesus, sorry. I got the torch just... Where were you, like, ten minutes ago? Nothing. Finding all this wood. <laughs> I was reading. <laughs> it's um, important to me, I'm sorry. You know what, I don't, you know what, I don't even care now. I can, like, roll plays. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pull out my small little pistol and I'll light it and shoot a flare down. I have, I have adventuring. I say because your adventuring gear could have a torch if you want it, but... Leandros can just cast light on some stuff. So what, like, what it... <laughs> or apparently Quintus has made some torches, so... How would you all like to proceed? Well, I guess he's figuring out a way to light up the thing, but as soon as I get down there, I actually was kind of being serious because I forgot about it. Um, if we're all, like... If we can all make our way down there safely, I would, I want to say, like, let's be, be ready for something to come at us, and I want to fire a flare down in there as far as it'll go to kind of give us a, a good preparation of what's down there without being right up in its face. Okay. Leandros, what are you casting light on? I'm going to cast it on the bundle of sticks that uh, <laughs> just went and found. I think. Okay. So you've got a glowing bu- uh, bundle of sticks. Um, it's a torch. <laughs> right, but it's more like a glow stick at this point. Yeah, it just demoralized me more, okay? <laughs> I didn't um, want, I don't want to demoralize you, I just want you to feel useful. <laughs> You're such a kind-hearted Leandris. What happened to the old Leandris? I like this Leandris better. Yeah, Leandris has been thinking about this for a while now. He maybe uh-huh. should come back to nicer to people. Uh-huh. Is he really, or is he trying to manipulate them? Whoa, hey. hey <laughs> don't put thoughts in people's heads now. Did Fire we like this bitch up, or no? Um, so how are you, first, so first of all, how are you getting down there? I have rope. I say if it's a 10 foot drop, it's not that far. I have 25 feet of silver rope if we feel like. Yeah, find a good place to like tie off some ropes so we have a way to get back out right away. And then throw it down and then climb down. I mean, I try, I guess there's probably some supports or something inside this church, right? That I could, like a pillar or. 
Yeah, I think there's maybe like there's like a hole in the wall, and you can see into like where one of the like one of the load-bearing beams is. And so you're able to like loop the rope around that, um, and then dangle it down into the the pit or the shaft or whatever. Um, and then it is an easy climb; it's not very far. So the four of you find yourselves in a basically at the top of a stairway. Um, again, it's about five feet wide. The pit that you're standing in is about ten feet long, so you're all able to stand down there without, you know, having to be completely like up up in each other's business. Quintus um, shoots a flare down the stairs, um, and you watch it. It continues down for quite a ways, and you can then then see it like land at the bottom of the stairs. Probably a good. What, like what would be like two stories down, and at the end of the stairway, it looks like a hallway extends forward. Well, it looks clear, guys. Let's uh, push forward, and as we kind of push forward, I'm gonna keep a lookout, but also start re- reloading another player. Okay. So you make your way down the stairs. What order are you guys gonna go in? Like as you make your way through the rest of this place, um, just so we don't have to constantly asking about order. I'm in the back. I'm behind Calico. Is Hans leading the way then? Yeah, I can be in the front. Okay, so then Hans, you'd be the first to see as you come to the the base of the stairway. There is a very short hallway, probably only about like seven feet or so, and then it opens into a, a domed room. It, it looks almost like a, you'd expect it to be more like a, a greenhouse rather than something that's underground. There's a number of large areas that have been like Looked like they had at one point been cultivated for like planters. Um, there are a bunch of like dead, like dead trees and like small shrubs scattered about the area. There's some like some stone benches and a small fountain off to one side of the room. Coming from somewhere and yet almost from like everywhere at the same time, you can't really find the source of it. There's a very faint gray light like emanating toward the top of the room. So like. Towards the bottom of the room is still kind of like shadowy and well the you know the remnants of these these dead or dying trees and plants are kind of kind of shadowy. The hallway leads directly into like a path that runs down the middle of this gardened area. And near the center of the room it splits to circle a small area that what looked like at one point might have held like a larger tree. Um, kind of like a centerpiece for this garden. In its place now, it looks like uh, it's been turned into kind of like a small like a cooking area. There's a large cauldron, probably like a four-foot wide cauldron in the center. Um, it looks like there was some uh, fire underneath it at one point. There's a number of large logs stacked near a stump on the ceiling. You see that there are four broken gems. Um, each of were about like the size of a melon before they were damaged. These are probably light gems, kind of with things that you know kept the the this, this garden growing underground until they were broken. You've certainly either heard of or seen uh, that these are, these are pretty common in dwarven cities and in you know, dwarven built buildings. Of course, all of these details pale in comparison to the overwhelming feature in the room. The fetid stench of decaying flesh fills the entire space. The trees and ground in this area are spattered with blood. Rotting humanoid skin is stretched between dead branches of some of the shrubs, or lays in heaps around the floor. Limbs lay around the room, some standing as if planted in the dead garden soil. More limbs and parts of humanoid torsos hang from the trees, like silent, grisly wind chimes. Some of this seems old and rotting, but there is plenty of fresh gore as well. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm going to cast Mirror Image on myself. Well, so go ahead and roll that. Twelve. Okay. That's good. So you create a illusory image of yourself to describe that. I'm casting, like, using some hand gestures, and when I'm done casting, I close the book, pocket it, and then just, like, wave my arms in an arc. You see just another version of myself appear right in front of me. Okay. Nobody else uh, objects to it. I might fire a flare off in there just to get a better light and see what's happening from a distance. 
flare arcs across the room following the dome of the ceiling, and then drops like a shooting star on the other side of the cauldron. Its path illuminates and casts strange shadows on the misshapen and mistreated pieces of corpses hanging from the trees and scattered about the room. You hear the muffled thud as it lands on the stone floor, and then listen for a moment to the sizzle of the flare burning in the darkness until the sound is drowned out by a low, throaty growl that begins to emanate from all around you. Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. And thank you to Kevin McLeod for the great music. We are only a couple episodes away from the Season 2 finale, and we are incredibly excited to share it with you and to dive into Season 3. If you're excited about what's ahead, have been enjoying our adventures so far, or just feel like chatting, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Wild Endeavors on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, subscribing and rating us on iTunes is a huge help for us, and the reviews we've gotten have meant the world. But more importantly, if you're enjoying this endeavor, please tell a friend. A good adventure is even better when shared with a friend. And, after all, it's dangerous to go alone. Can I make a point of order? Um, I just remembered that I can't dual wield because I have a shield that I've been carrying at all times. Okay. What? Rarely talk about. Right. Um, yeah. What were you going to try to dual wield? Remember when I was asking about another weapon, if I could dual wield that one? Oh, I didn't I didn't catch that you wanted to dual wield that. I just thought you wanted another weapon. I was thinking about it, but, yeah. So it. The spear is just something I feel like is over my back and I kind of pick out. Or the javelin, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, you could, you don't have to always be holding your shield. Like you can. I do if I want that extra plus one to armor. That's true. That's true. That's it. Just plus one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a much bigger deal in this game. Plus one means a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you're right.